Welcome everyone to episode 31 of Down to Play. I'm your host Dapper Tux along with Next Gen Player. For this show we'll be giving our reviews of Observer, System Redux, G.I. Joe, Operation Blockout, Raj, an ancient epic, and Thronebreaker. Before we start, I'd just like to give a special thanks to the publishers for providing many of the games reviewed in this episode. First off, let's start off with Observer. System Redux, which is a psychological horror video game developed by Bloober Team, a Polish developer best known for Layers of Fear and Blair Witch. The game originally released in 2017 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Observer System Redux is an enhanced version of the game out now on PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. It features numerous technical upgrades including ray tracing, 4K art assets, HDR, completely new character models and animations, plus special effects such as snow, fog, and rain. Observer System Redux puts you in the year 2084 in Krakow, Poland. The world has become a dark cyberpunk place ravaged by plagues and wars. You play as Detective Daniel Lazarski, voiced by the late Rutger Hauer, who is a neural police officer as he investigates a dilapidated apartment block in search of his estranged son. To uncover clues, you'll need to hack into the deranged minds of others and make use of anything they felt, thought, or remembered to solve the case and catch the elusive killer. Next Gen, what were some of your thoughts uh, around this psychological thriller? So I never actually had a chance to play the original Observer, which is kind of rare like we seem to already this year on down to play we've reviewed like what 80 games <laughs> we, yeah we, for whatever reason the original observer kind of just passed me by so i was really excited to try out this next gen version i was playing on the xbox series x i think you also were playing on the series x is that is that correct yep that's correct yeah so yeah, I'm just like so I'm so excited because, you know, next gen game, next gen console, so I want to check this game out and I was very 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 happily impressed with this game. I like horror games and I like Team Blooper. Like I played the uh the Blair Witch game on the Xbox 1 when it first came out and then I also played it on PS4 when that game got ported and I thought that game was really good and Blooper is just so good at horror. Like observer is just like such a weird and creepy game so the first thing that i loved about this game is i just thought the world is just so compelling like it's a dystopian world and just everything about this world is just such like a fascinating joy to learn about uh it begins with an event called the nanophage so you mentioned uh briefly in the intro there about about a plague so turns out the plague's actually a digital one so this actually takes place about what 60 years in the future and humans have started to augment their bodies um they started to to replace uh organs and limbs with mechanical parts and what's actually happened here is there's this thing called the nanophage which which is sort of like uh, like a digital disease that has hit all these these humans and thousands of people have died and they also talk about this huge war and a lot of this stuff is just sort of like talked about a little bit and or like hinted at but you don't really get a lot of detail so i'm like i'm so curious about this world i want to know more about it so there apparently the east and the west had this huge war after the the nanophage happened everything got decimated uh like whole countries just got got like pretty much wiped out um governments got got dismantled and corporations started to really take over so the main corporation in this game is called chiron and it's a mega corporation 
but took control over Poland, and it renames it as the Fifth Polish Republic. And you play as a character that's in this police unit known as the Observers, and it's like, man, it, it, this this is like creepy stuff. So these these Observers, they can actually tap into, there's like neurochips that get inserted into people's necks, and the police officers can tap into it, and they can essentially like read their minds, they can check out their dreams. It's like, it's really a form of interrogation and how they extract information from people. So yeah, like how, like that, that creeps the heck out of me <laughs> thinking about that. Yes. But, uh, but it's like, at the same time, it's like super interesting too, right? Like, I'm just, I want to know more about this game and man, like the downward spiral of humanity in this game is, is crazy. So like, it seems like humans have now all been given a class and the class that, that you visit in this is class C, which is like, I think probably the worst class you can be. And so these people are, are all like living in this, in this like dilapidated apartment. Um, it's really interesting because you can like, you can tap into some of their computers and you find out that citizens class C can only do certain jobs in the city. And it seems like the worst jobs in the city, like cleaning out the sewers and stuff like that. So um, yeah, like it's, it's really like, it's a really miserable game and everyone in the game is, is very miserable, but it's a horror game, right? They, they do such a great job though, world building though. Like you said before, like tapping into various computers or other devices, you get a lot of the, the background being established for you, which is, which is pretty incredible. And like you said before, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a story of, of humanity's wrongdoings and going down a path of misery but it's it's one that in a in a horror game it fits well and it's really interesting to learn about in kind of a macabre sort of sort of way <laughs> but it's it's really well flushed out yeah like there's a lot of computers that you hack into and you can read people's emails and you can just like check out their files on their computer and normally in, in games like this i would bypass some of these elements and i wouldn't like i don't know i like i i like reading and and games but like only to a certain degree right if if like if things are read out to me then then i'm a little bit more engaged but this one it's not it's just like you're hit with like you know walls of text right but uh but i just wanted to learn about this world so i actually read every single email like i was like deep diving into these pcs trying to like figure out who these people are and just yeah i just wanted to know more about this world and it's just so like every time i hacked into a new computer there was like a different layer of like interest that i that i got like you find out that like most of the citizens for for whatever reason are are like rampant drug users right they all seem to be like doing deals i'm not sure like what they're doing but they're like yeah they're all they're all doing like these deals and like the emails things go sour quite often and so there's like you know, there's murders that are happening, and that's why, like, when you essentially like you're going to this apartment building to try to find your estranged son, but you find out that you know a whole bunch of people have been murdered, um, and uh, yeah, and and drug use seems to be uh, like a a common factor along all these, right? So yeah, I just find that the world building in this game is amazing, and I definitely like. I hope there's more, right? I wanna, I wanna like, I wanna play more games in this world. I wanna like see more things. I wanna. You know, let's get a Netflix series. Like, I want to, like, I want to really, like, dig into this. So that was my first big plus. Um, second plus that I, that it's, and this is a huge plus for me, too. I'm a big, big fan of horror. And, like, 
this game, so essentially what you do is you go around the, this apartment building, you have to tap into the dreams and thoughts of murder victor victims, and you actually get us like essentially like relive some of their memories. But these memories are just so trippy and so dizzying and visually arresting. Like it is, uh, I, I'm like I'm my mind spinning. I'm getting lost. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Like it's you, you essentially like you go through these like nightmarish hallucinations, and I would say like the mind tapping I think takes around maybe like 15 minutes or 10 minutes each. Like I kind of lose track of time, so I'm not entirely sure, but it feels kind of like 10, 15 minutes. But you like in, in 10 minutes, you might go through like something like 30 different hallucinations. Like you'll, you'll be like walking down a corridor and then the next time you'll like, you'll instantly warp into like another murder scene. And then there was one where, where I had to like, I was in sort of like an office situation and these like Bioshock big daddy like characters were chasing me and then i was in a cornfield and there were drones over above trying to find me right and catch me and then all of a sudden you're falling like it's like these fragments of nightmares it was super unsettling from a cycle it's not there are a lot of jump scares in this don't get me wrong but it's also very psychologically unsettling because it feels like uh, a lot of what you might experience in a bad dream just kind of pieced together through some of these walks through other people's minds um, but yeah, it, it was it was very well very well done in an unsettling way. <laughs> that's for sure. There was there was one I won't even get into it because I don't want to like spoil too much. But there was one where like it was a dream where a good section of that dream there were babies and kids that were crying and screaming, and you had to like you had to solve puzzles to to like get to the next room in this dream, and all the while these kids are like wailing, and I like. I was almost going nuts. Like, I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, just, like you said, there's jump scares. So there are, like, those frightening moments. But then there's just, like, there's very creepy and, ups uh, like, unsettling things that really got to me in this game. So, yeah, those are my two, like, major highlights with this game. What about you? What were some things that you really liked about the game, Dapper? Yeah, for me, I'm a, I'm a big guy with graphics. And especially jumping into the next gen, I wanted to be wowed right away. And I'm... I'm really happy they remade this game because like you said before, um, it was one of those things that kind of passed me by. I played a little bit of it on the uh, the Xbox One, but seeing it on the Series X, it looked unbelievable. The use of color and light to help lead players around the environment was a really cool uh, way of doing things, especially in such a stark environment. Uh, all the objects are rendered beautifully and the character models, the difference, holy jeez. Like it was like they made a multi-generational leap uh, with a ton of detail in the characters' eyes, the skin, their skin, uh, hair, like follicles. It was it was unbelievable. It just went from, like I said before, like polygonal forms to these fully fleshed out human beings in front of you, um, which was which was absolutely incredible. It reminded me of almost like a cyberpunk version of Condemned Criminal Origins. Again, very different, very different developer. It was Sega who uh, developed Condemned, but man, it was a psychological thriller. And in the same vein, you play as a detective character. You don't have as many cool gadgets in that game, but you're investigating a series of, you know, questionable uh, people and grisly murders. And uh, again, the whole thing was anchored so well with uh, Rutger Hauer's voice acting. Uh, unfortunately, this was his last role. He did he did pass away earlier this year. Um, but um, 
what what an incredible way to sort of memorialize his performance here because it was for me one of the big pluses and an incredible standout in in the uh, in the game for sure. Finally, a big plus for me uh, over the original was the inclusion of almost an extra hours worth of content with some added on uh, side stories for returning players. So there, there's a lot to love here from the graphics, incredible voice acting performance, the standout with uh, Rutger Hauer, and finally uh, the added on content. And like you said, next gen, there if you like horror games, uh, this is packed absolutely packed uh, with jump scares and things that go bump in the night that'll that'll definitely make the uh, hairs on your neck stand up so if you're a horror fan if you're uh, you know someone who wants to give their next gen console it's available on the series x and the ps5 as we mentioned before and if you're really looking to you know get some more graphical performance uh, out of those consoles and really are hankering for a great uh, horror game there's there's a lot of pluses here based on what we both saw here we enjoyed it uh next gen what were some of the things that you disliked though uh about the game yeah so the first thing that that uh the, that i didn't like in the game is i thought that um there wasn't a whole lot of visual variety in it um the game looks great so don't get me wrong like the the apartment looks amazing and they added like some new weather effects like there's some rain and fog and everything like that everything looks great so visually everything looks amazing I'm just talking about specifically the variety of visuals, right? So you like uh, the majority of the game takes place in this one apartment and there's what there's uh, I think what four floors in a basement. And then the, you there, you do eventually go around to like surrounding area and, and like there's, you know, one main section outside of the apartment that you go to. But, um, but yeah, the majority of it takes place in this same apartment and it just kind of looks samey, right? Like you're just kind of like, wandering through halls and everything is sort of you know broken down and and like there's it's funny because like sometimes it's not even really hallways that you walk to it's kind of like broken walls that you walk through and stuff like that um but they just kind of look a little the same so i would have liked if there was maybe like you know one or two more buildings or like different areas that just would have sort of mixed up the variety a little bit um yeah so that was just uh just you know a minor thing for me really but but uh just worth noting and then the other thing that i thought is that and this was actually a, like a, a bigger con for me is that highlighting objects of interest in this game i don't maybe dapper you can tell me your experience but like for me it was such a pain like i don't know why like i almost felt like the calibration was off on something like did i like i don't know did i not calibrate my controller properly or, or like is it me or is it the game i don't know i'm pretty sure it's the game but no it was it was it was the game i'm gonna touch upon that uh as well too but yeah it's it's unfortunately the game and yeah it's definitely something uh, i'm gonna bring up as well a little bit later on in some of my uh my detractions of the experience but yeah happened happened for me as well yeah like it's so weird because like you're investigating crime scenes and there might be like three or four objects on the floor, like in cupboards or whatever that you have to, you have to scan. And I would put my cursor like literally directly on top of this thing that I want to scan and it wouldn't register. And then I'd have to move the cursor like half an inch to the left or the right. And then for some reason, like that's when that's like the sweet spot where I can start scanning. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even yeah, touching I the object. Like why, why I'm scanning air. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like it's it's like it's really bizarre that it's just like so off like that. And and I don't really get it. But uh, those were my uh, two notes there. What do you have for things that you didn't like about the game? 
Yeah, for me, uh, some of my dislikes were mostly around the, the story, believe it or not. It started off, I found, super strong, and I was pulled in right away. And we talked about that with the idea of, you know, where where sort of planet Earth and where this dystopian society is going. But later on, it starts to, uh, I, I would say around the midway point of, of the game, it loses its footing a little bit. And I found that uh, the story became a little bit convoluted. And the issue was only further exacerbated by lengthy side missions that just kind of led to more disconnect from the main story arc. So imagine as a ball of twine that just kept growing with all these I don't know, other, other, other lines of, of story coming from other characters. I know what they were trying to do here, but, uh, you know, things do come around towards the end of the game, but there was a lot of excessive storylines and, and, you know, side missions that, that could have been shortened a little bit for, I, I would find, a greater vi overall impact without, with a little less confusion. The gameplay side of things, uh, interacting with objects was difficult. I had to come at things from, like, different odd angles in order to, to interact or investigate them and it was it was like you said before I would hope they'd have that mechanic uh, nailed as you're playing as a detective that's going to constantly be interacting with with objects all over the environment but uh, that aside I think we're ready to score this uh, next gen what would you give the game uh, out of 10 so I thought it was great I loved it I'm giving this a very solid score, 8 out of 10. What about you, Dapper? No, for me, um, I'm just going to come in a, a touch higher at 9 out of 10. Uh, as much as I, I was detracting a bit from the story there, when it originally got its its claws and hooks into me and the deep, deep world building, I, I really enjoyed it. And not only that, uh, I, I'm a sucker for some for some great graphics and, and you know, something that gives me some thrills, chills, and jumps. So 9 out of 10 uh, from me. And uh, I, I, I highly recommend... If you're looking for a next-gen horror experience, uh, I think you've really found it with Observer System Redux. Play it with the lights off as well, too, if, uh, if you're brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, moving on to a little bit more of a, a shock and awe experience with G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. been over a decade since G.I. Joe or a G.I. Joe game has come to home consoles, but here we are with G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. The game is published by Game Mill and is available now on Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and it's coming soon to PC. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout is a team-based third-person shooter where you play as classic heroes and villains from Team G.I. Joe and Team Cobra. You get to experience the action from both sides as you help G.I. Joe restore world order and lead, lead Cobra to world domination. Uh, next gen, what were your thoughts on the G.I. Joe experience? So let me preface this review by saying that I was a huge fan of G.I. Joe growing up. Like, yo, Joe, right? Yeah, me like, too. Like, I just, I just love G.I. <laughs> Joe. Too. So, you know, knowing is half the battle. So I'm, I, I was just like, yeah, like, all, all these, like, memories, nostalgic memories were just flooding back to me when I was playing this game. So I, I went into this, like, you know, fully knowing and enjoying and loving all these characters and just, like, I just wanted to bring back that fond childhood memory, right? That's that's my thoughts going into it, right? So the first thing that I liked about this game is I thought the biggest plus by far is that there's 17 different missions, and before each of the missions, you're presented with comic book-style cutscenes. And they're really, really, really well done. I thought that they're... Like, the artwork looks amazing. I thought that the the way that they designed all the characters looked like, you know, looked even better than I remember. And it was just so cool to see everything presented sort of like in comic book panel style. 
Um, and, uh, like, I actually used to collect the G.I. Joe comic books and watch the cartoon. So, um, so it was definitely, like, you know, a fun little trip down memory lane to see all this. And I just thought, uh, yeah, like, it was cool to see all those characters. Um, the cutscenes are all voice acted, too, and I thought the voice acting was pretty well done. You get to see characters like Snake Eyes and Duke and Roadblock and Shadow or Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander. And yeah, like it was just really, really fun to see these comic book style cutscenes. And I thought that that was, you know, definitely one of the biggest highlights. The other highlight, really, for me for this game is just I specifically liked Cobra Commander. So <laughs> I think it's just like I've got a soft spot for Cobra Commander, I always have. I always thought he's like one of the coolest villains. And I just thought that, you know, out of all the characters in the game, I thought that he was the best drawn. I thought that he was the best voice acted in the game. And, you know, it was amazing to see him back wearing his classic blue outfit with the red cape, that, like, you know, iconic silver faceplate face helmet. Um, plus, it was just awesome to see Cobra Commander. Like, he's just up to his old tricks again. As you mentioned in the intro, like, He's out for world domination and, and like, you know, he's scheming and conniving again. So, yeah, it was just cool the way that they characterize him in the game. And I thought that he was a real highlight. So those were two my two highlights for the game. What about you, Dapper? What did you like about this game? Like you said before, I, I'm a huge fan of, of G.I. Joe. Like you, you had that that big wallop of, of nostalgia. I, I had this, a similar thing, right? Nostalgia is only going to take you so far, but, I, you know, it took me pretty far. I really enjoyed the cartoon while I was young. I collected some of the toys. Um, it was awesome to have access to the uh, 12 playable classic Joes and Cobras ac across the 17 solo and co-op missions. It was full of a ton of fan service. Uh, for the hardcore G.I. Joe fans out there, I guess, like ourselves. Uh, and I really like the comic-style cutscenes. Uh, they were also pretty cool and in line with the cool old-school style. It made me feel like I was back, you know, yonder year <laughs> in the past, watching the Saturday morning cartoons all over again. Um, but uh, I don't know. This there, There's not a ton here that I can shine the light on of, of likes at this point. I think I'll let you lead this one off next gen. What were some of your dislikes around GI Joe? Yeah, so you know what? You've been sort of touching on this throughout the review so far, but <laughs> man, there's there's actually a lot of things I didn't like with this game and it's really unfortunate because, you know, it, as I said, I love GI Joe and I was just like I wanted this to be the return to form and like I think the last time I actually played and and enjoyed a GI Joe game was that arcade game that came out, I think it was in 1992. <laughs> so we're, we're talking like good, like 18 years ago. Um, but yeah, in this game, like, oh man, the biggest complaint that I've got with it is just the aiming. So I don't get it. It's a third person shooter game. Like aiming is the one thing that you need to nail, right? And the, the aiming on this game is just so off. Like, thank God that they have aim assist. So you can sort of like, you know, you can like aim in the general direction of an enemy, and your your uh, your like reticle will snap to the enemy um, to get some clear shots in. But I just found that like even once you snap onto an enemy when they run away, like your cursor doesn't really follow them as good as it should, and you sort of like you know like you get off the character fast, and it's just it's hard to just aim at them again. Like I don't know, it's hard to describe other than the fact that that I play a lot of shooter games first person and third person and i don't really have issues aiming like i'm not 
I'm not a pro shooter. Like I'm not a not a like you know not a pro player by any means. But like I always aim and kill enemies rather easy in games. But this one, I just struggled. I just struggled, and it was. And the other thing too is like this is another thing that was really frustrating is that there's like an active reload system which is similar to Gears of War where you have to like um, yeah well like with the active reload it, I I thought like it was actually easy to hit the active reload. But the actual act of reloading took so long, right? So you, you've got like long reloads combined with like imprecise aiming, and it just makes shooting to be this massive, frustrating chore. So yeah, it was uh, it was not fun <laughs> to, to shoot in this game, which is pretty much like the majority of the game, right? And, but the other thing that, that really stood out to me is the repetition. Like the repetition in this game is egregious it's so there's there's 17 different missions but i swear the game is literally something like eight actual missions and nine repetitions like there's because there are there are missions where you actually you you revisit the same environments so that's the first thing so like you I, there was like i remember like the boat and like the main base like you end up revisiting each of them two or three times so they're they're all every everything like looks familiar but i swear that you take almost the exact same path through these and then there was like a couple of vehicle levels that just felt completely samey and yeah it was just kind of like they made seven eight nine levels and then they just like copy pasted them yeah, and even the vehicle levels didn't pose much of a challenge because you could let go of the controls at one point and you're, you're like the, the, the tank is what I'm alluding to. You could just bash through the rock structures that you were meant to avoid with little to no damage. And then you're just like, okay, well, steering for a majority of it isn't an issue too because it's kind of taken <laughs> taking the wheel as well. So it's just like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the more interesting, I think, aspects the game even played for you and, and took the control out of your hand. So yeah, there's just like we keep saying, just, just a lot of very puzzling design choices uh, around around the game that I think really took a lot of fun away from players. I, I think it, like I'm ready to pass the baton over to you. Or are you ready to? I think that's a fair way to start to segue with my things that I dislike is that, uh, yeah, pull, pulling the fun right out of the experience. And that came with, uh, you know, quite a few technical issues, especially with poor enemy AI. Uh, you'd face off against soldiers, um, you know, who were extremely generic, as Next Gen you had mentioned before. And even drone type enemies, like I would, I would stand there and they clearly saw me and knew I was there, but they just fly around in a circle maybe take a single pot shot at me and then just kind of fly off. Again, you, you, you alluded to the active reload and the Gears of War uh, connection was a big one for me as well too. And again, I wasn't expecting Gears of War here. Like, let's be clear. I know this is, this is a game that was targeted at kids and most likely drew in a lot of adults like us who were huge G.I. Joe fans while we were young. But I mean, there needs to be kind of, you know, a baseline of quality here. And I really don't, I think it felt, I feel really missed the mark. And when we talk about Gears of War being one of the, the creme de la creme of third person shooters, you've got an incredible active reload system. You've got a great cover system. Uh, shooting and hit detection is spot on, but it, this game checked none of those boxes, unfortunately. And uh, anything that it could bring like we, I'll, I'll give a, a minor plus here. Some of the characters had their own unique weapons, but the gameplay really in any other way isn't new or, or unique. 
And uh, again, next gen, and I don't want to be repetitive and repeat your same point, but the game's repetitive. <laughs> I'll say that with the level design, the characters. Um, it's it's unfortunate because it's it's married to an IP that I love so much and, and old school characters that I enjoyed seeing. So I had the retro goggles on for a lot of this, which I think might, might sugarcoat my scoring just a little bit. But uh, I'll let you go first next gen. Uh, what, what would you give the game out of 10? Yeah, so you know what? It really pains me to have to give it the score because I, I, I wanted to love this and you know I wanted this to be sort of like the rebirth of good G.I. Joe games, but I got to give this game a 5 out of 10. Yeah, no, I, I can I can totally see where you're coming from there. Um, I'm right in the same wheelhouse with the 6 out of 10. Like I said before, that's also sugar-coated just with some of my, my retro love for, for G.I. Joe. Um, it's unfortunate, though, because, it, again, it could have just picked up and and taken uh you know the baton into the future for another another generation of gi joe loving fans to have a great video game franchise to move forward with but unfortunately it's not the case next up we have raji an ancient epic it's an adventure game based in ancient india Nintendo supported this game quite a bit, so you might remember it from past Nintendo Directs. Raji released on Nintendo Switch in August and just recently came to PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Raji tells the story of two siblings, Raji and Golu, our sister and brother, who have been separated by the attacking demonic hordes and now find themselves in the middle of the Great War. Raji has taken it upon herself to find her brother and put an end to this reckless war. However, this can only happen if she manages to break down the evil plot devised by the great lords of demons, Ma Bala Sura. Next Gen, what were your thoughts on Raji? Yeah, so uh, I was really, really looking forward to this game because, as you mentioned, it was in the Nintendo Direct. And I remember, I think it was one that was, uh, I think it was actually in a, in a few, but I saw it definitely in the one that was in, I think it was July. And um, it was right before the game released for Nintendo Switch. And I just remember, like, being like really really into the art style of this game so um that was definitely i pl ended up playing through the entire game and i have to say that the art style in this game is just absolutely stunning um amazingly enough it was developed by a team of 13 developers that are all based in india and there's actually not a lot of games that come in the west that they're developed in india so it was kind of cool to to just play this game. You could tell that this was like a huge passion project for the team. And they did a really, really amazing job bringing ancient India to life in this game. So you we've seen a bunch of Hindu characters before in video games, but like but very few games have explored to the depth in which Raji does. So it's like, yeah, it's just really fun and interesting to explore the rich history of Hindu and Balinese mythology. And it's like, it's really brought to life with all this breathtaking artwork in the game. So every corner of the, the game environments is drawn with the Pahri art style, and it combines hand-drawn painted textures that are all rendered in 3D. And it just gives the game like a really unique um, visual style that, that you rarely see. I guess the, the best uh, comparison that I can make to this, and I, I sent out a bunch of tweets about this too, is that it really does remind me of the old school God of War games, right? And uh, and when I tweeted out, like a bunch of people were commenting back saying like, yeah, like it just really reminds them of, of that. Like in terms of, of just like how detailed these environments are, like how breathtaking and how beautiful 
and even the the levels sort of play out in a similar like linear fashion to God of War. So I was really kind of thinking about that game when I was when I was playing this game, and uh, and there's definitely a lot of parallels. And so like as you play, you basically like you're going to all these different uh, medieval uh, areas. So there's like there's a lot of like ancient architecture and like massive forts and like really decorative palaces and yeah just everything just really like there's like a, a polish on the graphics here and it just really immersed me in ancient india and uh and and just really like you know begged me to explore every nook and cranny of this this world here so as i said like levels are mostly linear but there's a few that have branching paths and there's a lot of platforming too so it's similar to god of war like you got there's sections here where you got to like you got to use Raji's acrobatic skills like she can uh, bounce off walls and she can climb up pillars and and there's all like you know there's breathtaking scenery sometimes like there is one where where I'm doing like you know acrobatic flips in front of a big waterfall and there's like you know ancient pillars that you have to climb up and ropes that you have to swing between and yeah it's just like it's just a really breathtaking game and then the other thing that I thought was really good in this game is I love the tactical combat so it's uh, Raji has isometric uh, action gameplay and near the beginning of the game you get a spear and then over the course of the game you get bestowed additional gifts from different gods so you get a bow you get a sword and shield and you get a chakram and yeah the gameplay again is like very similar to God of War so you've got heavy and light attacks you've got plenty of combos I did find that the combat doesn't have as much punch as God of War like you know like when you're playing as Kratos and and he like uses his chains like you just like you can feel the impact of those weapons. I didn't quite feel that the same impact with this, but um but it still still felt very very similar, right? And as I mentioned, like she's got special abilities, like she can actually bounce off walls and do special attacks and she's got like area of effect damage, which I thought was really cool. And also too the battles are again similar to like God of War where you go to like basically this battle arena area and then suddenly magical walls will come up and then enemies will spawn in. So you gotta you gotta kill the enemies to break the, the magical walls. And then also like God of War 2, like after the enemies get weaker, they have um is you can do like essentially like finishers and the finishers will provide health orbs to you, right? So you can do like yeah, just like cool acrobatic finishes that, to really like, you know, put the nail in the coffin, right? So yeah, and it's just really fun. And I also like to, like, you are meant to switch between the weapons. So you got to, like, some enemies will are, like, super aggressive and rush at you. So you've got to, like, switch the things, like, say, your sword and shield to defend yourself. And then other enemies will attack from afar. So that's when you got to switch to your bow and arrow or your chakram. So it's really, you know, it's fun and interesting to switch between all the weapons. And the other thing that's good, too, is the weapons all have skill trees. And so you can en enhance them with, like, various elemental abilities as well. Um, some of the the Indian gods like uh, like like Durga or uh, Lord Vishnu will bestow stuff like fire, ice, uh, and lightning to you. So you can uh, yeah, so you can like add elemental attacks as well. So I thought overall, you know, tons of depth with the gameplay, and it was certainly a lot of fun to do battles in this game. Now, just moving on to things that I didn't like, um, two things really stand out here. First is there's some technical hiccups. So I just found that when I was playing it. Um, especially when there's a whole bunch of enemies in on screen at once. Like I found that the gameplay just kind of slows down a little bit. So you can tell the frame rate drops a little bit. Of course, that's really disappointing. 
I also thought too that the audio doesn't quite loop as well as you would think. Like there's like the music is actually amazing in this game. So the soundtrack, you know, top notch. But when a song ends and it, it sort of like reloops back into that song, it's it's a little bit jarring. So I think they should have spent a little bit of time, you know, just making sure that that transition was a little bit nicer. The other thing that that is a little bit of a downside for me is I thought the puzzles in the game were way too simplistic. So you remember God of War? God of War has like, you know, some like really amazing puzzles that, that make you think, right? But this game here, you know, the puzzles I just thought were basic. Like there was one where uh, the, this is like a recurring puzzle that happens where you got to like rotate like different um, different sections of a totem to create the design. And it's just like, it's just super easy. Like I, like I had no problem whatsoever completing these puzzles. And then there's another one where it's like, there's uh there's like a, a, a circle puzzle that has like different sections of the circle that you have to sort of like rotate to complete um like a like a mural right and i just again like it's just so easy like it would take me seconds to complete this puzzle and then afterwards i'm kind of like like what's the point like it's not even really a puzzle it's just it's like just a time waster right so um <laughs> yeah so those are my two my two negatives but Overall, uh, I thought it was great. I thought the game definitely visually and, and soundtrack-wise was awesome. Gameplay was super good. I, I'm actually pretty excited because I just found out that uh, the game was actually nominated for Best Debut Game coming up at the Game Awards. So uh, so Jeff Keighley uh, and team. And yeah, so it's really cool. Like I think, I think this game actually deserves a nomination like that. So, uh, you know, I'm rooting for the game and hoping that uh, that they can win this category. I think that that would be a good nod and to uh, to the quality of this game. But uh, overall, I'm going to give this game a pretty solid score. I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10. All right, you've got me sold. I definitely want to check it out, especially with the uh, the nod to, uh, to you know, earlier versions of God of War. I'll have to check that one out. Uh, so I guess now uh, you're going to pass the, pass the torch to me. You took a look at uh, Raji. Now it's uh, time for me to Thronebreaker The Witcher Tales. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I get to introduce a game. Woohoo! All right. So, so Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, it's an RPG game developed by CD Projekt Red. It's a brilliantly crafted spin-off of the Witcher game franchise and acts as the standalone single-player component for Gwent, The Witcher card game. It's out now for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Windows PC, iOS, and Android. The action RPG game that takes place before The Witcher trilogy set during the second Nilfgaard War. You play as Queen Meave, the ruler of Laria and Rivia, looking to build an alliance in order to recapture the North. The game combines isometric exploration with card-based combat and a stellar story. All these elements combine to create one of the best sleeper hits that have come out of the doors of CD Projekt Red. So with that, Dapper, take it away. What did you like about this game? I think it's probably a surprise to just about nobody <laughs> that CD Projekt Red knows how to write uh, an incredible story. And uh, with uh, Thronebreaker, there's no exception here. It's it's awesome. Uh, the tale introduces you to many regions that you didn't experience in the Witcher trilogy. So it doubles down on even more stories there. And uh, it was a great way to explore and add even more to the lore of the series. 
Uh, it offers unique challenges in Gwent card combat. So for this, you know, for this adventure, the more traditional combat that you find uh, within the Witcher series, you're going to kind of be leaving, leaving your sword at home and swapping it for a, a deck of Gwent cards, which in my opinion, not a bad thing. Uh, my first experience with the Gwent card series was in The Witcher 3, and I was instantly hooked. It became a bigger draw than the main storyline, and, and that says a lot with how good the story in The Witcher series and The Witcher 3 specifically, uh, you know, it is. And it's fantastic. So imagine my delight when CD Projekt Red announced a title completely devoted to story progress and combat reliant on the Gwent card game. The game also has small to absolutely massive side quests that involve Gwent cards. Uh, it goes anywhere from minor fetch missions all the way to hunting down a dragon with an epic uh, Gwent card battle uh, towards the end. Uh, it's very cool also to watch your army grow. So as uh, before, Next Gen was, um, was mentioning that you play uh, as Queen Meave. And as Queen Meave, you get to essentially partake in quite a few isometric explorations of the environment. And after major battles, you can go around and collect various resources. And with those resources, uh, you can build and grow your own army. And it's really cool to watch it flourish depending on this, the decisions that you make and what you decide to upgrade. The upgrades are pretty light, but I mean, the in-game story decisions that you make are pretty incredible and have a huge impact on the world. Much like uh, a lot of the Witcher series, these are, you know, morally difficult decisions to make, but the game doesn't really seem to punish you either way, but you do see the consequences of your decision as you're essentially an underdog trying to amass an army against an unforgiven, uh, you know, an unforgiving enemy who's absolutely massive. Uh, and f the Gwent card showdowns feature a ton of variety that really keeps things fun and very challenging. It wasn't enough to merely win. Uh, new challenges were overcoming enemies with special abilities or needing to amp up a card's power level in a unique and challenging way to earn victory. So you might think, okay, you're playing a card game the whole time, but between the isometric exploration and the new twists and turns, uh, as well as like an absolutely fantastic story, I can't stress that enough, it really is a joy to play through. Um, and also, what's really interesting in terms of the twists and turns of the story that make a direct impact on your card stack is that you earn unique hero cards in your deck, depending on the allies formed throughout the 30-plus hour story. So this, if you're looking for something to keep you really, really busy, you know, up until, I guess, Cyberpunk comes out, <laughs> or if you're looking more of a backstory uh, to the, the Witcher trilogy, you've got it here. The way the story is told is with artwork but it's fully uh, voice synced and captured and the performances are incredible. So if you're looking for something that's almost photorealistic as The Witcher, it's a little bit more in line with uh, traditional, almost like comic book art. I didn't necessarily see that as a bad thing. And again, the voice acting pulled me so deeply into the story that eventually I just had a deep connection to the characters and really, really liked the art style by the end of the experience. Some of the things that uh, I disliked, and there are, are there are very few here. I mean, CD Projekt Red could have just dropped anything with the Gwent or Witcher IP on it, uh, kind of phoned it in, and it probably would have sold millions. But this was absolutely fantastic. And what a surprise, like how good this game uh, turned out to be. They doubled down on the story, on the voice acting, uh, even made... The Gwent card game more addictive somehow and I mean man <laughs> it was addictive to begin with uh, but some of the things that I got to take away here is it would be nice to have a 
better HUD guides, and a mini-map would have been a, ideal throughout the experience. And the final battle was a little anticlimactic, especially with uh, the way you had to rally troops, without any spoilers, but the way you had to rally allies and, and the gradual increase in tension. I thought I was walking into a final battle like I was in The Witcher 3, where it was just all hands on deck, and it would be total calamity and nonstop white-knuckle action. Didn't quite turn out that way. I'm going to stay away from any spoilers, but uh, at the end here, i got to give this one a sparkling score of 9 out of 10. A true classic, an absolute surprise, and if you are a fan of anything Witcher-related or you're into the Gwent cards like I am, or a really great story, even if you're someone who's like, I'm not into card games, I would, I would definitely leave the sword at home for this one, pick up that uh, <laughs> deck of cards. You're introduced uh, in a very organic way to the card game throughout all of this. And again, 9 out of 10. I think you'll really enjoy it. Don't pass it up. It's awesome. And, and this game is also out on Xbox Game Pass as well. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah, so I was playing it on iOS for a while. And then, yeah, I also uh, played it a little bit on Game Pass as well too. So I had that that back and forth, the on-the-go as well as uh, <laughs> playing, it, playing at home on my console. But yeah, definitely. That Game Pass value, it just keeps uh, keeps cranking up. As, especially as they add more CD Projekt Red games uh, uh, to their catalog. Some great quality there. That's game over for this episode. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownToPlayCast. And you can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram on our personal accounts at Dapper underscore Tux and at Next Gen Player. We are always down to play.